Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of A Hard Style Podcast. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code BACKPACK. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. Hard Still Podcast, episode 231. Dexter Henry Bride, Fonseca here, bringing you the last episode of 2022 as we continue with our 2022 A Hard Still Podcast Hip Hop Awards. And we're going to give you and talk to you guys about the best hip hop albums of 2022 in this episode. We're going to go from 10 to 1. What do we think of the 10 best albums of this year? Like we do every year, sure to be a good list. We're going to get right into it. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with Brian. Brian, we're starting at 10. What you got at number 10, man? And we also got to do Artist of the Year because we did not do that in part one because that would give away what's going to be near the top of our list, in my opinion. At number 10, this is an album that I know a couple people are going to get mad at me because this should be higher up, uh, probably according to them, because this is an album that I saw in a lot of people's top fives and top threes for albums that came out this year. It wasn't bad for me, but I thought it was still good. Uh, and that is the Forever Story by JID, and uh, I did really enjoy it. Though I could have used like one or two or five fewer guests uh, than who were on the album, but you know, other people tell me that they think JID is as good as anyone, and I think that like he's very, very talented, and somebody who is from the Dreamville group that I think is actually really, really good. Um, I think that, you know, we can sort of overhype people who are affiliated with star artists. And we did, we, you know, we did this back in the day with G-Unit and Rockefeller and <laughs> the Bravehearts <laughs> to some extent. And we do this nobody, all the nobody, time. Nobody did that. <laughs> and we do this all the time. And I think that JID is one of those who is who's actually broken through, who is actually like he's he's very, very talented. So for me, one of the better Dreamville uh, solo projects, the Forever Story by JID, good features from Earth Gang, most deaf, who I will not refer to as Yasin Bey, but uh, Ari Lennox and Kenny Mason, among others. And I could have used, you know, probably only them and I didn't really need much else. Standouts, Radar, which is my kind of song, uh, Crack Sandwich, which is dope. Cody Blue Thirty One, yeah, Cody Blue Thirty One, which I play a lot, and then skips just in time. Surround sound, better days. Don't need them, but very good Ooh, album. I like, that. I like better days. Wow, very I, good. You album. have you have this album. It's you have this album lower than I have it. Um, I will say this made my top ten. Uh, you have it lower than I have it, but I do think it was a good album, and I do think I'll get more into it when I talk about it. But okay, ten for Brian Forever Story JID. Yeah. For me, number 10 is an album that came out uh, back in February. 
and I enjoyed it a great deal. It was the second album uh, from this rap, well, the third album, actually, technically. Um, I really liked his previous album. I think it was one of the first years we did it. It was in our top five. Uh, he came back with a second project. This album was a little bit, I think what hurts this album for me before I get into it, it was a little bit longer than I liked. I would have liked to have trimmed it down a bit. I think Brian could probably say the same thing about J.I.D., uh, which would, would to that point. Uh, but for me, I decided to go with A Few Good Things by Saba, coming in at number 10 from the Chicago rapper. Um, did not think it was quite as good as Take Care. Brian's laughing because he probably left this off his list. Um, but I thought it was a very solid uh, album here. Some good guest appearances. Uh, Crazy Bone, who actually had a fantastic guest feature, Black Thought, also on here with some good stuff. There's some really good songs. I think Saba could have kept this a little bit tighter. If you're looking for that lo-fi kind of sound that he had on Take Care, not quite there, but the lyrical sharpness is there. Um, and I think this was a example of like a really good project talking about self-care and family and love and different things. I thought thematically that Saba executed well on this, but I just thought he could have brought it a little bit tighter, but a really good second project from the Chicago MC. Always excited to see what he does next. But uh, Saba, which is a good album, and this, this was down to 10. This kind of goes to something Brian and I talked about before, which is this is an album that I might have had a, a bit higher at the beginning of the year, but a lot of late releases bumped this down. Still a very good project. If you did not check it out, if you have not checked out Saba, Saba's music, I highly encourage you to do so. A good project. Saba at number 10 with a few good things for me. All right, Brian, what you got at, what you got at number nine? In at number nine, somebody who I like very much and similar to Dex, an album that came out early in the year and was not helped by all the heat that came out later in the year. Number nine, Ramona Park Broke My Heart by Vince Staples. And for me, this is another album that I saw got a lot of critical acclaim that I was like, man, I'm going to have this lower compared to other people on their list. But, you know, it is what it is. It's it's my list. It's their list. Whatever. Um, this is my favorite Vince Staples project since at least Big Fish Theory. I felt like this is arguably his best project since even longer than that. So it's a, a you know it's on par with Big Fish Theory for me. Um, maybe better. FM and Vince Staples, the self-titled album that he released last year, Vince Staples. Uh, we're both just okay to me. I felt like oh, they I, got re- a- I really, I really like the self-titled album. I did like that more than you did. I, I like that. it, but it's too short. And it, both albums are twenty-two minutes each. I feel like, especially on FM, like that got like way more acclaimed than I was ready for. I was like, look, I really like Vince Staples, but I don't think this is like this feels like. Not that he mailed it in, but like he just put some shit together and just put it out. Mm. Presumably to get out of his Def Jam deal or something like that because he's signed with Motown since, um, you know, like this, this to me and to that point, both of those projects twenty two minutes each. This was forty one, almost double, right? This was great. Had bangers, had introspection. I think Vince Staples is one of the best artists in hip hop at rapping about his childhood in a very digestible way. He's excellent at doing that. Um, standouts for me, A, Free to Homies, because, I mean, that shit is just a banger. Magic. Yeah, that song is fire. Yeah, Magic is great. Um, it's also been in some commercials, so great for Vince Staples. Uh, when Sparks Fly, which to me is the song of the album. It's the best song on here. It's one of my songs of the year, When Sparks Fly is great. And also the blues. 
which is one of the best outros to an album that came out this year. And I felt like to me was seconds of when sparks fly in terms of songs on this album. Uh, and I have a couple of skips slide and uh Rose street. I don't really play those. And then the skits, you know, don't really need the skits. They're not bad or anything and they're quick, but you know, you know how I feel about skits similar to what you feel, but Ramona Park you know broke my heart. Yeah. Ramona Park broke my heart. Vince Staples number nine. I thought, in a different year, this will rank a lot higher, but this was very good, and I'm excited to see that Vince Staples is consistently putting out stuff. All right. My, my number nine is tough because I thought about not putting this album on this list, particularly because of how it was released. Um, and it's funny, I haven't really talked to the homie Chantel Shand about this because I wanted to talk to her about it. Um, and I was a little annoyed about how this album was released but when I came back to it, I was like, okay, this this was good. And for the slightly older hip-hop heads like myself and even a little bit older, some of you were waiting for this album for quite some time. And then it came out. And fortunately, it's going to be on this list, but some of y'all didn't get to hear this. And that is No Fear of Time by Blackstar, uh, most definitely Quali. If you remember, Brian look, is looking confused. They released their album on, and I don't even remember the platform. It was some digital-only platform that you could only listen to it through to go ahead, Brian, what you got to say? A luminary podcast, right? Wasn't it that? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I guess it was that. You can only listen to that. Whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, let's just say, uh, let's just say somebody else got, got it to me and I was able to listen uh, <laughs> and I heard it. And this was produced entirely by Madlib, which just came with a lot of hype around it too. And what I will say is this, if you're coming into this and I do not, going to projects like this with expectations and sequels of the sort. If you were coming into it expecting it to be the original Black Star album, then no, this was not that. But Madlib does deliver on the production. Talib Kweli sounded as lyrically sharp as I've seen in a year, heard him in years, and actually not trying to pack a whole bunch of syllables between <laughs> bars all the time. So that was actually impressive. Shout out to you, my Flatbush brother. Um, I thought, no, I thought Quali was actually, really, actually Quali outshone most on this album, which I would say most was the superior rapper on the first album. Most on this album is good, but at times some, on some songs, and I think this is what drops this album from being better than what it could have been. On some songs, for me, he sounded uninspired, for lack of a better word. Um, it's a little bit of like he's just skating through the flows. And we all know it's not lyrically he didn't sound good. It's just you wanted a little bit more energy from uh, from most on here. But the songs that are on here is really good. My favorite brand is really good. Um, the main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing that is a long song title, but it is actually a good song. Yonder, Supreme Alchemy, which is a Talib Kweli solo. is fantastic on here. Black Thought makes an ap appearance, which could have been one of the guest verses of the year on a song called Frequency really really good on here the production's really good it's typical of what you'd expect from madlib i think a lot of what you hear on this in terms of productions sounds like it could have been on bandana with freddie gibbs that madlib did a couple years ago there's a lot of that cohesion if you like that sound you might like this as well too i think the unfortunate part of this album is that a lot of people didn't get to hear it because of the way it was released and i think if it was released more in a way that the masses could have consumed you might have heard this being talked about. I don't think it's a great album by any means, but I think it's a very good album by any means. And look, I want to say this, and Brian, I think you'll agree with me on this. A lot of times when you, when you do these exclusive deals, it does not benefit the artist or the creator. It benefits the company who's doing it. It does not benefit you. I do not think this benefited 
Mose and Kwali uh, in any kind of way, you know, for what they needed. It's almost like they didn't, and this disappoints me a little bit with this album, they didn't understand their audience. You have Nadlib, you got yourself, you got Kwali, Mose, you know, they, there's fans who wanted to hear the second Black Star album. They've been waiting for years, and I understand you might want to be like, yo, let's rage against the machine. We don't have to be with big record labels. There's different ways to do this independently. And we'll get to an artist who did that this year very well. There's different ways to do that. And you can do that. And I think it's disappointing for the hip hop fans that they did not, the majority of them that love Black Star, that love the old raucous records, that sound of the music didn't get to hear this. Because I think it actually is a good project. And I wish more people had got to hear it. But it made number nine for me. No Fear of Time, Black Star. Um, is a solid project. Tight listen, again, for those wondering. It is 33 minutes, nine tracks, so it's kind of right there on that EP territory, EP territory, but it is an album, so I am going to put it at number nine. That's my number nine. No Fear of Time, Black Star. We haven't been controversial yet, and I'm about to get there with uh, number eight. Um, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, I, I feel I feel like you're going to get to controversy when you, you realize some of my omissions. But yeah, go ahead. You're not going to like this at all. But I will, I will shred. You got to put the camera on both of us. I need the two shot here. I want to reiterate, this is my list. And I'm not doing this on the basis of best album to least best album. I'm doing this for my list, okay? So if there's an album that is great and I did not really come back to it that much during the year, it does not rank that highly with me for reasons, uh, right? I feel like I know what you're about to do here and I don't like it. I feel like I know what you're about to do here and I don't like it. I feel like I know exactly what you're doing here. And if, if, if this is here, where I think it is, and what you're doing, it's an ultimate. I'm going to call it already the ultimate disrespect. I'm going to call it that. But go ahead. I'm going to let you go ahead. I'm just going to sip my, drink my water, and mind my business. This is still an eight out of ten album. Okay. This is a lot. This is a lot of strong albums that came out this year. Whatever the case may be. Because if so you do what I think you're doing, ooh, the, the the bullshit that will be ahead of this. <laughs> Please go. Number eight. Let me explain. But number yeah, just, eight. Anytime somebody has to say this, you know it's gonna be some bullshit. You know it's gonna be some bullshit. Anytime somebody has to say that, you know. Oh it. my god, Timmy's gonna kill me. Chantel's probably gonna kill me. Number eight. Uh, Mr. Morale, the big stepper. You was gonna do it. What? By, by Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> number eight. I told you you were gonna hate. You, I texted you yesterday. I warned you. I was like, yo, a couple of decisions I made, you're not going to be happy with. And I would say this is why this is number eight, because I like this album a lot. And it's probably wow. better than Damn. It's probably better than Damn. Wow. Which, uh, Damn was another album that wow that the public was higher on than I was, which I still very much liked. But like, he won a fucking, what did he win? Uh, 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 a Nobel Peace Prize or whatever. What, 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 what was it? <laughs> For them, <laughs> he, he wants something, right? Something important. And for me, I don't think this is as good as Good Kid, Mass City, or Pimp Butterfly, or Section 80. Uh, uh, I also think, as 
great as this album is, and there are times where I'm in awe because Kendrick is Kendrick, it's very hard to replay. It just is. Okay. Very hard album to replay. Um, I didn't find myself wanting to come back to it a lot this year. That means something for me when I'm making, again, my list. It's probably better than a bunch of stuff I'm about to mention seven through one. I did not want to come back to this album because there are songs. Let's go to standouts. United in Grief, Worldwide Steppers, Count Me Out, Mr. Morale. Songs that, and this is an important category because I only have this category for this album. Songs I appreciated and think are dope, but would likely never willingly listen to. (laughs) 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 Because they're just difficult listens. And you love Mother I Sober, you talked about that. I just can't come back to it like that. I can't can't really come back to it like that. Which is understandable because you even mentioned that when you gave the award for this category. Auntie Diaries, tough listen. And we cry together, don't even get me started. <laughs> you know, tough listen. I also have a couple skips, uh, Silent Hill being one of them. I just, there's no need. Um, but ultimately, great album. I just struggle to really come back to it. And maybe that's a me problem. But for me, it's, it's still number eight on what is my list for 2022. Look. <laughs> the problem with the problem for me is not it's not that Brian does not have this where I would have it, and I do think he makes fantastic points, and I will address this when I talk about this album. But my problem is you're not telling me there was like at least four things better than this at this point. Five, I find that hard to believe. I'm not saying but, better. I'm not saying better. Remember. I'm not saying better. I listen, but you gave your reason. And yeah. I'm fine with people when they give their reasons. This is why we do this and we have this discussion. I do yeah. not agree with Brian is that low, but I understand his reason. And I would like to people say because I'm sure people will, will clip this and people will jump in. Oh no, I do think there's validity to what Brian is saying. And I will address this when I get to this album. And I already said it with Mother I Sober. I do think there's validity to this album as great as it is that there are certain songs in there that are hard to get back to. For me, it's not really a Mother I Sober and it's not really an Auntie Diaries. I do agree with you more than We Cry Together. We said that from the jump when we had Greg Sylvander on here. I've heard that, that song twice. twice. I read that, that song twice. It's it is a fan. Here's what, and I'm never in this, I'm not one of those people that like the video makes the song better. I don't really believe that. But I will say that video is good. Watching the video is a better experience than listening to the song. Yeah. Right, it still gives you that. a level of comfortability, and I'll get into that later. That's a different thing. Kendrick did an amazing job with this with that video, and it was really, 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 really well done. The video, in a way, just works better than the song, but yeah, it doesn't make you like the song more. It still doesn't make you be like, I want to go play it. <laughs> I don't do it because, but it's a great song, but it's so toxic. We said this with Greg Sylvander. You know, you want to be like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, I don't want to be here for that. Would you, would you want to stand around and listen to two people argue like that? The answer is no. I can appreciate the great uh, greatness, and that's that. I, I think your ranking's a little too low, and I'm very intrigued to see probably. what you ahead of this. Probably, because you're not going to like a couple of things that I have ahead of me. I'm probably not. There's, there's, yeah, I, there's at I, least, I would say this, there's at least two out, three albums you're going to be like, knock it the fuck out of here. That, that should have been yeah, above and, and wait and people, please, please, please wait till I get to that. All right, my number eight. Um, I this is we also allowed, we did not break up the rules on this. We are allowed to have one tie where you can tie albums 
for one spot. Brian, uh, you know, Brian used to try at the beginning to try to have multiple ties up in here, and we had to get that up out of here because I don't have any ties this year. No ties. No ties. I, I I have a tie, and it's coming up here at number eight. At number eight, I have a tie. We've got Herbert Absol and Ramona oh. Park broke my heart. Vince Stables, those were ties for me. Uh, there, Ryan, you're laughing because that now maybe tells me that Herbert did not make your top ten. I will not confirm or deny such an accusation. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> um, I thought both of these albums for me were pretty much on par with how I felt about both of them. Some really good things. If I had to give an edge, I probably would give it to Ramona Park. Broke my heart. I just thought Herbert had some good stuff. Brian and I have talked about this off air. Herbert had some really good stuff. It's definitely Absol's second best project. It's definitely his best album in years. I thought he did some really good things in this album. It's a little frustrating of an album for me because I think had he shaved off about four songs, the songs that are not good are really not good. Like he tried too hard <laughs> on this. They're just really not good. And if he took like four songs off and this was a 14-track album, I actually think there's an argument I might have had this higher up to about six or so. But that is not the case. And I think Ramona Park broke my heart. Has a couple of missteps on it too, but I like it. But I think in terms of like replay value and what I like about the albums, they are the, the same sort of thing. I Again, I'd probably give a slight edge to Vince Staples because I think it's a little bit more introspective where Absol tends to be a little bit more punchline heavy on this album. But I did like the production on the most part from Absol. Um, I did think he delivered some good rapping. He actually had to me a song of the year candidate would do better which is a fantastic song uh, that he made. I think was really good on, on this album as well, too. You heard Brian talk a lot about Ramona Park Broke My Heart. Um, that's an album I really, really, really enjoyed from the beginning of the year. Paper Cuts, one of my favorites on there. Magic. Um, really good songs on, 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 that, on that album. This has got a good vibe. Um, and I think Vince, Vince Staples, I actually really liked his last two projects, have been really good. But eight, Herbert, Absol, that's a late end of the year contender that kind of snuck in here uh, up to the eighth spot uh, with Ramona Park Broke My Heart, which was there a little bit earlier at the top of the year. But that's my number eight. Now, let's see what Brian does at number seven, because he broke my heart by putting this <laughs> at number eight. That definitely broke my heart. So uh, this, this is going to break uh, your heart more. This I'm is going to sure break your will. heart more. I'm sure it will because it's about to be some bullshit. It's about to be some bullshit. <laughs> number we seven. Number seven. Now, if Dexter's going to know where I'm going as soon as I do the little preamble, which I'm going to try to shorten up, I promise. Uh, if you're a fan of this show, you're going to be surprised I have it this low. But that being said, this is still an album I like very much. Yeah. And that is So, So Separately by Freddie Gibbs, uh, which I. <laughs> I was not better than just around the big steppers. I didn't say better. I didn't say better. Um, you're gonna be you're gonna be real mad. Well, see here. Well, I'll just save this. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I have I have a feeling I know where you're gonna put or not put this album on your top ten. Um, honestly, look, so so separately was about what I expected, which is a very good project. Um, but not one that's as good as Bandana. Probably not as good as Alfredo either, but. I would say that, you know, the reason is probably cohesion. And, you know, Freddie Gibbs' best three projects are all one producer projects, two of them with Mad Lib, uh, Bandana being one I just mentioned, and also Pinata. And then you have Alfredo, which is with Alchemist. 
I think this is Freddie Gibbs, probably his best mass-produced album. It's better than Freddie. It's probably better than Shadow of a Doubt, if I had to really think about it. Um, it's definitely a lot more uh, rich in sound than Shadow of a Doubt was. Shadow of a Doubt was way more raw. Something that I really like, but this is probably better overall. I could have used a couple less Coke joints, which, you know, surprise, surprise. Uh, it's a Freddie Gibbs album at the end of the day, but like, I thought this was still very good, very well done. Not quite album of the year, as he had been saying, but I think this puts him in a in a in a right direction in terms of like the excitement for what he's going to do after this. And for me, I want the Montana joint, which may or may not happen, may or may not be next, but that's that's supposed to be the third and supposedly final installment of the Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib collaborations. I'm hoping that that's next. That would make a lot of sense. Um, standouts for me on this zipper bags, too much lobster omelet. That entire stretch is very well done. One of the best three song stretches on an album that I've heard this year, the production and everything else. Uh, feel no pain is great and dark hearted. As I mentioned, was my song of the year Then you also have grandma stove, which I thought was an excellent song, uh, in the back couple songs of the album. And I have a couple skips, but one of them is pain and strife, which I knew it as soon as I heard it. I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to really hear this one again. And then PYS, not really for me as a New Yorker. It's more of a down south thing. I get it. I respect it. Um, shout out DJ Paul. Not something I go back to. But so, so separately in a number seven on my list. All right. It's Freddie Gibbs over Kendrick. Man, fuck out of here. Fuck out of here and all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. All right, my number seven is an album that uh, Brian mentioned already. So I won't belabor this too much. The Forever Story, J.I.D., coming in at seven. Um, really like this album. I do agree with Brian that this is one of the better Dreamville projects outside of J. Cole, probably since Bosses the Milky Way uh, that came out a few years ago that I thought was very underrated as well, too, and had an honorable mention for me, I believe, that year. Um, but this was a good project from J.I.D. And I think what worked for J.I.D. here on this project was the song making was better. A lot of times J.I.D. was that classic rapper that's like, yo, he can rhyme his ass off. This is dope. But can he really make songs? And on this album, I thought he got way more introspective. I thought he got way more personal. The song making was up a level. The flows were still intact. He still was extremely impressive. I have a lot of the same songs I like that Brian does. Um, Radar which is fine. Galaxy to kick it off. Crack Sandwich is crack. Uh, Cody Blue 31, uh, also dope. There's some really two good back-to-back -song, back songs that he had on here, Brother Them and Sister Them. Really good Sister Them with the uh, Music Soul Child merry-go-round sample. Fire. Um, that was really good. The Can't Make You Change with Ari Lennox. Stars, also good. Just in Time with Lil Wayne, a very good Lil Wayne feature on there. A little weak towards the end of the album. Could have shaved uh, some okay. of those songs off, although I liked Better Days. Um, the, the other two, Money and Lauder 2, I could have probably gone down to. I think if this was a 13-track album, a 12-track album, I actually think this would have been a little bit higher on my list. But I was very impressed with J.I.D. on this one. Um, the rapping, but really, really, this should be a note as I talk about. It's about song making. Song making matters to me. There's even albums that might not be as great, even though Brian came out here shitting on Kendrick. He still was involved in the song, <laughs> right? And so the song making matters. And I think it matters for J.I.D. And I'm actually really intrigued to see what he can do as an artist because I think he's actually gotten to understanding that 
making good songs matters. And this album's got some critical acclaim. I saw some people have this in the top five. I saw that too, Brian. I thought that's a little bit too high for this. I did not think it was quite there because I think as we're getting to their albums, they were better than this, like Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. But, you know, some people don't think so, and that's a whole other story. But we're moving along. We're going to go on to number six. Brian, what do you have at number six? <sighs> Finally, this person released an album after years of deliberation. And then number six for me with 2000 is Joey Badass. Ah. Uh, okay. Who, what, what were you going to say, Doc? Yo. What I happened? I, yo, yeah, this is a moment here, man. <laughs> I totally realized I screwed something up on my list. I totally did. I screwed something up on my list. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to fix that now. I totally. <laughs> I, yo, like the slot where I slotted something was supposed to be for Joey, and I did it, and I do not know how to make this right. I don't think there's a way for me to make this right. Um, you could do what I did and put it above Kendrick, maybe? That can't happen. I don't know <laughs> what I can do. To, I don't know what I can do to make this right, um, and I don't know how, how I did this because I meant to not do it, and it's crazy because I was thinking about this. In a, I'm looking at my list. I was thinking about it the oh, other day. Oh, this is hilarious. And, and, it's just hilarious because I don't even know because because I actually it's funny like right where you have it slotted is where it's supposed to be slotted for me six like so in spirit yeah. this is number six yeah but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to break my own rule and I'm gonna have to give another tie yeah we'll you're gonna to have, have to, to break my multiple I have ties. to do Look it that. me me doing no ties and you having multiple ties multiple you know, ties yeah there we go and things things change okay go, go please go ahead. Number six, uh, consistently really good album is 2000 by Joey Badass. His first full release since 2017, All American Badass, which was my album of the year, I believe, that year. I think yours was 444, but you had Joey Badass like very high up, very high up. We both love that album. Um, This is exactly what I wanted from Joey, you know, after years of, I mean, we even heard Static Selecta on our pod two years ago say like, yeah, this was coming at some point. (laughs) <laughs> but he's just rearranged it several times even by then probably did so more since we had that conversation this was really good and i feel like we got all the elements of joy badass that we wanted in terms of like you got some of the boom bap classic sounding stuff you got some of the mainstream ish stuff you got a little bit of everything mm-hmm. for me it was only two skips one of which is cruise control and the other one dex we talked about this and this is why this well, drops number six because I could argue that this song may be the worst one out of all the songs on this list. That would be Welcome Back. That's one of those, uh, what, what, what are we, that's one of the zone out skips. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the zone out skips, which for people who are hearing us for the first time is a reference to God's Son, Nas's album that came out 20 years ago, 20th year anniversary recently passed. That album, excellent, could have been. Maybe even a 10 out of 10 if Zone Out wasn't on there. Uh, I agree. You know how I feel about that. (laughs) That brought it to a nine. So, yeah, Welcome Back was just lich. But the rest of the album bangs. Standouts for me on Joey Badass. Make Me Feel, which I love that song a lot. That's actually my most played. Great great Stephanie Mills sample. Yes. Great Stephanie Mills sample. This is my favorite. uh, This is my most played song from this album and my favorite song from this album. Um, Eulogy. Oh, is, wait. 
Wait, hold on. What's your most favorite? What's your, what's your most played song from that album? Make me feel. Oh, make me feel. Mine is yeah. probably Eulogy, but yeah, go ahead. Eulogy is second. Um, Eulogy is is classic Joey. It's like pro <laughs> era Joey. That's like mid two thousand tens, late two thousand tens, probably mid two thousand tens Joey. Like before he became what he is now. Zip codes went back to a lot, uh, and Survivor's Guild. Survivor's Guild is maybe maybe the best song on the album. Pound for pound, we want to do it that way. But yeah, this album was great. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's no, it's a, it's absolutely a fantastic album. There's no doubt about that. I, and it's funny, like us having this at six. This this is gonna tell you about some of the heat that came later in the year because I and this is what I'm explaining to people why I messed up. And this, I, I was trying to slot in Saba and Black Star. And decided what I wanted to do with that. And what I have this at next, I had it tied with somebody else. And I kind of wanted to put Herbert in here. I was trying to give love to some albums that came later in the year. And I had Joey. Joey got bumped down a couple of pegs because of some albums that came out later this year. I will mention what those are once we get through Joey here. But Joey, I had Joey right in the same place that Brian had him at six. So we're going to get six. But because of what I did, there's now going to be a second tie for this. So at number six is going to be Joey Badass with 2000, which I agree with a lot of what Brian said. And I think in most other years, this album would have been higher. Um, it's a very good listen. I'm with Brian and I have the same two skips. Um, yeah, that song, Chris Brown, is absolutely terrible. Sorry, Joey, that was just not good. Um, but I have this tied with a rapper out of the UK. I've had his albums on here the last couple of, couple of years. This is his third project, is Loyal Carner. He had an album called Hugo this year, 10-track album um, that made it. And these albums are really, and this is the tie, because these albums are right here in the same space for me. Why are you laughing, Brian? More, on him, more on him later. More on who? On, on Loyal? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is going to be interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this will be interesting. Um, that, let's start with Joey Badass first. Joey Badass. Um, for a lot of what Brian said, one of the things I like about Joey Badass's album that should be, I think, talked about a lot is the cohesiveness of the sound in there. Um, and I like kind of what he did with the concept a little bit. I know some people say Joey Badass played it safe. He didn't really take a lot of risks musically with this, and it's fine. But I kind of liked what he did with the album, the concept. You had Diddy narrating in the, in the open. It's sort of Joey at this show, and he's going through his performance and being the baddest, and that's kind of with the whole album. And he has some really good performances on this album. Uh, the Baddest is a good intro. Make Me Feel is fantastic. Love, love, love that Stephanie Mill sample. That's really good. Um, Where I Belong, another good track, Ran You 911, um, which you had heard the intro of the horns of that. Um, I'm forgetting for what song he released on his birthday previously the year before, but you had heard that before. Yeah, I do agree that Cruise Control and Welcome Back are the weaker songs on this album for sure, with Welcome Back being the weakest of them in automatic absolute slip. This would not pass the cleaning test. I would run to the other side of the room, hit skip on the phone so quick. It's not even funny for that <laughs> at all whatsoever. My favorite, I think most infectious joint in this album, infectious, excuse me, uh, Eulogy, I love. That's just classic Joey over some static selected Dream Life Beats production. Um, good combo there. Dream Life, we did a lot of work with um, the underachievers. Really good uh, there. I just love that. Uh, it's it's a really good album. Um, 
I think there's an argument to be made that I'd like to see Joey get a little bit more introspective. I almost wish he'd done a little bit more of what J.I.D. did. But this was a really good album, his first full-length release. I'm still always excited to see what Joey can do next. Um, I know there's things he was playing with with different sounds because I follow him on IG and see a lot of stuff he's been doing. And this he this was more into his traditional sound. I'm really wondering what he goes in next um, in terms of doing. But yeah, I think I think uh, the production was solid. A lot of stuff from Static Selector, Chuck Strangers on here. Um, it feels like when he Kirk Knight when he went with what worked for his sound. I think it worked a lot for him. I think when he tried to go a little bit too much out of it. Um, it didn't, but I've heard him do stuff where he plays with different sounds. It works. Now, he tied with Laurel Carner for Hugo on his album, and I think this is arguably, it's funny because I like his first two albums, but I think because this was a 10-track album, um, it was his tightest work, probably his most introspective work. Laurel Carner speaks a lot about dealing with being a biracial uh, per, you know, person. Um, his relationship with his father. There's a lot of good stuff on this on this album. A song called "Blood on the Nikes," uh, which is really good because they do not call it Nikes in the UK. They say Nikes. Um, that's really good. Um, there's a bunch of good songs. It's a very tight listen. I really encourage people to listen to it. And look, we talked about how the UK has been putting out some of the best rap over the last couple of years. Laurel Carter does it here. I think what I liked about this is compared to the other albums, the tightness of the message, the production is a little bit more lush than he has. A lot of his sound was more of that lo-fi sound. I like the production more on this album. I think it's really good. It's really tight. I think this too could have been an album like Joey's that would have been higher for me in most years. But what I have in the top five to me is just heat and is better. But you know, you got people like Brian who got Mr. Morale, the big steppers down there at number eight. But we ain't going to talk about that. Uh, but that's my tie. Joey Badass with 2000. Very good album. Very good project. Hugo Law Carner, also very good project. Both these albums to me could have been higher, but very solid project from these artists. Excited to see what they do next. Ryan, you said you had more on uh, Mr. Loyal Carner? Yeah, but not quite yet. Because at number five, we are going to the UK, but we're not going to Loyal Carner. We're going to Lil Sims first. In at number five with No Thank You, which to me is her best project since the gray area. It hurt me to put this at number five. I thought this it, was it hurt high. me. To, it hurt. It hurt me that you said it. <laughs> this could have been shit. This could have been number one a different year. Um, yeah, this is her best project since gray area, and probably your second best overall. It's definitely a step up from sometimes I might be introvert last year, which got a lot of hype. And rightfully so, but I felt like it was a little too too thick, um, a little too cluttered, and I didn't need six skits. I think the album had <laughs> uh, last year, um, which is still look. It still made our top tens, but it wasn't. Yeah. I felt like it could have been better if it was tighter. And this album was like the opposite, just in terms of the rollout. Like I didn't know it was coming out. She just kind of said one day that an album was coming out in like a few days or a week or so. Which I love. And then boom, here it is. No, thank you. Um, which, you know, appropriate title for such a rollout, right? Um, she's just done with the shits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> On the album, uh, there's a lot of like venting. Felt like just 10 vent sessions uh, with a lot of instrumentation. We talked about the producer whose name is escaping me right now. Inflow. In- Inflow. 
Inflow. Yeah, Inflow, uh, who's producer of the year contender for us. Uh, this is just tighter and better than sometimes I might be introvert. And you always want to see artists get better from their last project. Uh, a lot of instrumentation, as I mentioned, and was pound for pound, arguably the best song making of the year could be. Um, if it came out earlier in the year, maybe it resonates differently. But it just came out so recent that like it's hard for me to put it at like one or two or something like that. So um standouts for me, Angel Gorilla, a heart on fire. I could mention more, but it's a 10-song album. So I don't want to like, you know, name half the album as standouts, even though I easily could. But those are the ones for me that really stood out the most. And I love this album. And again, second best is gray area. Lil Sims is one of my favorite artists and has been for four years at this point. So yeah. All right. There we go. No thank you, Little Sims at number five. Um, that's one Brian and I uh are going to disagree on. Um, because I had that higher despite how late it came out. Um, and I'm very high on that album, so that might be a little bit of a tease there. But for me at number five, Brian might this might shock Brian. And this was this was tough for me, man. This was this was tough for me. Um because this is towards the later in the year and I thought it was very strong and I was very impressed with this album for me at number five was King's Disease 3 by Nas uh, coming in at number five. Uh, I think Brian probably has this a bit higher than me. Um, and listen, when you get to this point with five, we're talking about albums that we think that are really good. This album is really good. Um, I'm glad we, got, listen, I'm just grateful for what we got from Nas and Hit Boy. I really, really am. I'm like, Really grateful for it. Um, I, this is an album that I think 17 tracks with a bonus 16 with a bonus track. With the bonus track is fire, Brian. I've talked about till my last breath. Um, how good that is. 51 minutes total in running. Of course, this is another thing. You know how I am. That 12 to 14 is that sweet spot. Could have trimmed a couple songs off of this. Brian and I talked about this. We could probably do without Hood to Hood, and we could do without the serious interlude. And I think you're talking about an album that's a little bit higher and better, but Nas sounds great on this. The production's fantastic on this. We have been through our standouts on this album, but there's a lot of stuff on this I'm still playing. Legit, fun, I'm on fire, WTF, SMH, Once a Man, Twice a Child, Get Light, First Time. A lot of good vibes on this album. Just a fantastic listen. Nas still sounding sharp as ever. Hit Boy, doing his thing, killing it. I mean, there's not much more I can say for this. A really good album. I just think the things that I have ahead of this, the next four, were just better, tighter projects. Uh, well, for, except for one, not necessarily as tight, but I'm probably giving it a lot of the song making on here. But I think Nas' song making is fantastic on this too and worthy of being a top five album. Could have been higher in a different year. But for me, Nas at number five with King's Disease 3. Salute to the legendary Nas. You put this shit at five? <laughs> I'll put it at five. I'll put it at You put oh. Mr. Brown and Big Steppers at eight. You put this at five. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised this is what you're upset about. I feel like you'll be more upset when, we, when we're done. There's an album you and I have neither have mentioned yet, and I'm not surprised that neither you and I have mentioned this album yet. Um but it's on a lot of people's top tens list. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Go ahead, Brian. What do you what do you have for number four? Uh the album you're talking about, I don't think it's gonna be on my top ten list. No, um, I don't think it's on mine either. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. We'll see where that goes. Number four. You have Nas at number five. Who do I do this podcast with? 
Number four. Wow. <laughs> number four. Yeah, I thought I knew you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, number four, Loyal Carner, Hugo, which oh, I want to wow. say. I, I want to say Hugo because I'm Puerto Rican. Um, <laughs> wow. Hugo. I, did not, I did not think this was going to make your list. I love this album. It, it, like I, I, So this came out late October. I didn't hear it until like around Thanksgiving or whatever. I listened to a bunch of shit wow. that week. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, who... Because recently, I've just been getting put on to a lot of UK artists. Like, we had Dave on this list last year. I think I had Getz also. Um, Wretch is somebody who's been on my radar. Uh, Giggs. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Merkston, a while back. Not as much recently. Stormzy. Uh, AJ Tracy, etc. This album, though. Goddamn. I feel like this could have... This, if this came out last year, this would have been higher for me. This would have been in the top two or three. And for me, it was super, like you already touched on that last, so I'm not going to belabor it too much. Just super introspective, vulnerable project. Um, race, emotions, relationship stuff. Uh, being um, biracial in Britain, which I think people from the States can underrate how difficult of an experience that could be um, mm-hmm. over in the UK. Um and for me, I just felt, I mentioned some of the artists already. I felt similar when I first heard this project. Because I heard about uh, Loyal Carter before, particularly with his Mad Lib collaboration stuff. I think they have a song called Yesterday, right? That came Yesterday, out on his last yep. album. Yep. That no, it was, it was it was just a Lucy. It was just a Lucy. He didn't put it Yeah, up. so it was a Lucy. He had a couple songs on FIFA. You know what I mean? Like, I had just heard his stuff here and there. And obviously, when you listen to Dave and you listen to some of these other artists, you start to see like Loyal Carner's name sort of pop up because like, you know, hey, if you like this, you should like this, whatever the case may be, or you would like this. So I felt very similar to when I first heard Gray Area. For me, this was kind of similar to Gray Area, like that level of good, um, which is my introduction to Lil Sims a few years ago. So felt very similar. I thought this was awesome um, and also excellently produced by a host of different producers. One of them being Madlib, as we mentioned. Also, Kwesi Se, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Uh, had some joints on here. Richard Spaven, if I'm butchering the names, let me know. Um, standouts, Hate, Nobody Knows, Speed of Plight, which is on FIFA 23, and HGU, which is uh, the outro song. The outro Hate song. Is, Hate especially was a song of the year contender for me. Lowell yeah. Carter, this, this dude is nice. He's really nice. Yeah, hate really good song was the lead single off the album. Um, it, I, Brian makes a good point. If this is your the gray area was not really my full intro to Little Sims, but it was the album that got me really into her. Album like, wise, yeah, that's what album I mean. wise. Yeah. But this this is like that. It, I'll say this for people: if you did not listen to um, his first two albums, which is a different sound. And more stripped down, but very good. This is just better because it's just tighter. If this is your intro to Loyal Carner, then you're going to like it. It's better. It's tighter. The production's more refined. It's. I could have had it higher. I'm glad Brian listened to it and liked it. I do love the album. I do think it's his best work. Um, it's like like the Gray Area Little Sims, ten tracks, really tight, really good, really good subject matter. It's really good. All right, for me at number four. Um, this is an album that, like, when I think of this year, is going to make me think a lot about the summer. I played this album so much in the summer. Um, 
I have waited for this album for quite some time. Uh, a lot of hip hop fans had anticipated this album for some time. And unlike Black Star, these guys actually delivered. These guys delivered and let the masses be able to hear that. And that is Cheat Codes, Black mm. Thought, and Danger Mouse. Now, I, listen, lofty expectations, too, for this album, because you were getting, I think, one of the dopest producers in Danger Mouse. Um, you know, it's right there with Mad Lib in terms of what they can do with set different sounds and samples. And, and then one of the best lyricists of all time, my top five, Black Thought, who I love. And I love the production on this album. Um, Danger Mouse should have been up there. We didn't mention Danger Mouse for producer of the year, but I love. I know this production of this album mm. is not going to be everybody's taste, but for me, it is. I love the production on this album a ton. Um, it had a lot of high replay value for me. I think the knock for me, what makes this album probably not in the top three, is it's a Black Thoughts rapping his ass off. But the one thing I've kind of wanted to see more, and I thought we actually got this on the Black Thought album. Stream of Thought Volume 3 to drop last year. We got a little bit more structure and introspection for him with his songs, where this is a lot of just like outside of a few songs that are about particular topics, a lot of it's just black thought just going. Um, the, now, one thing I will say about this, this album had a lot more features than I would have liked initially, but all the features hit here. Like, all the features are good on this album. Like, talk about a producer and an artist knowing features that are going to work. Joey Badass and Russ on Because, really good. Um, you got Raekwon on uh, on Cheat Codes, I believe that is. That's really good. You have Conway on Saltwater. Michael Kiwanuka, one of my favorite uh, singers out of the UK, um, on Aquamarine, really good. Even on, um, there's a, the Posse Cut track with uh, Run the Jewels and Aesop Rocky. Everybody brought it in terms of their verses um, on here. But like the, this is just a fantastic album. Uh, Belize, MF Doom with the Possumth verse, one of the standouts on there. Black Dog could have been up there for verse of the year on that. And the production on that is just great. The final song, Violets and Lapitas, uh, just fantastic job by Black Dog. This is a very good album. I would replay this a lot. I can listen to it almost all the way through, uh, minus about one skip. It's a very short listen, good production. I think it's one of these albums if you just want to list. It's kind of like, uh, I'll say to like what Prime One was, a couple of years ago, where you just want to turn something on and hear somebody just go out lyrically with some good production. This is this kind of album for you. It lacks the, you know, really great song making in terms of structure and subject. And I think I would have loved to seen that a little bit more out of these guys. But for a project, She Codes is, is, is fantastic. It's a really good listen. There's not much I could really nitpick about this album. And I really enjoyed it. And I hope the two of them do some work together again, because I think this was really good. Uh, but I'm I'm very much a fan of rappers working with one producer, and I think you can see sometimes they bring out the best in uh, an artist. And I, I thought this was really well done. So salute to Black Thought and Danger Mouse. And at number three, Cheat Codes, Black Thought and Danger Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> you had it a little. You had it a little uh, bit higher. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, you already talked about it a lot, and I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, for me, this is my favorite probably Black Thought solo outside of maybe Streams of Thought 3. Um, this man is going to be 50 in October and is still pound for pound, probably a top 10 rapper on the planet, <laughs> which I think needs to be highlighted as well. Um, and I think turns 50 one month after Nas, which is insane, right? Uh, you mentioned right. the features. I wanted to highlight this because 
for a lot of albums, like features can dock points. Like I feel like for JID, if I could get a few less features, maybe this album cracks the top seven, so to speak, or whatever the case may be. Um, I think with Black Thought, the features really enhanced the album because I thought Raekwon brought it. I thought Joey Badass brought it. Michael Kiwanuka, as you mentioned, who's also done stuff with Little Sims out of the UK, who's great on some of these features. He brought it. Conway, Run the Jewels, LP especially. LP, I thought, had one of the best guest verses on this project as well. MF Doom, you mentioned. Russ is also on here. Um, Danger Mouse killed it with the production. I'm with you. And I feel like, yeah, he also deserves some love in producer to your category. He should be in the top three with um with Hit Boy. Uh and as far as standouts go, like there are a bunch. I just wanted to highlight a few of them real quick before we get to your number three. Sometimes is a song that I played a lot this year in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, because which is the one I just referenced with Joey Badass, Russ, uh, and Dylan Cartilage. And you have Aquamarine which is a song that I like to lie and close to famous, which is another song that I played a bunch this year. So Danger Mouse and Black Thought really brought it here with Cheat Codes uh, was something I was looking forward to a lot. And it stuck with me and withstood a lot of the albums that came after it, in my opinion. It uh, did. The top three. You forgot. I, I feel you, you mentioned a song I forgot was to stand out for me, Close to Famous, yes. um, which, is, which was fantastic. And for P, it, I would like to also mention that same sample in that song, is also used in Laurel Carner's uh, on Hugo. It's yes. on what song to is that? That's on Hugo. Right. Um, I'm forgetting the song on Hugo right now. It's it's, it's escaping. Oh, it's Georgetown. 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 It's on Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Volt. Vo- that's the one Madlib did. I think that's the one Madlib Madlib did. did on Georgetown. Madlib did on, uh, that one. Yeah. Laurel Carner's album. <clears throat> and listen, um, Black Thoughts verse spitting on close to famous. Woo, woo. Yeah, that could be the verse of the album. It could be. That was, that to me is the verse of the album. He murdered, he murdered that. Um, so that that was great. All right, moving along for me at number three. This album, I wanted to I really was want to talk about this for a long time for me this year. It was the second best album I'd heard this year. And it dropped a little bit, but I gotta give this artist a lot of credit because. I thought they needed to deliver something. They, they, he hyped this up for a while. He said it was the best project he had ever made. It was going to be his Illmatic. He went too far with that. Uh, but I had not, his last couple of works, I kind of had been eh, on. He was kind of getting to that point where I was like, man, I don't know if you got it anymore. I don't know if you could put together a good project. Sometimes you'd be doing too much. But I got to give credit where credit is due. And Lupe Fiasco, you brought it back for me, man. You brought it back to me with Drill Music and Zion. And I think because Lupe did things that went back to the essence of what he did. He does well. He did not try to go over everyone's head a million times. It's kind of like Talib Kweli trying to fit 50 million words in one bar. He did not try to do that. He went to, this is another thing we should also, and I should have mentioned this person for producer of the year. I apologize. We did not say this. This whole album is produced by Soundtrack who Lupe had a lot of his success with on Food and Liquor and The Cool early in his career, entirely produced by Soundtrack, a very good sound, 10-track album. There really isn't that much. It's kind of in the vein of Cheat Codes where there isn't that much of a theme here, Um, but it's really good. If you like a jazzy sound, you're going to like this album. I do. Lupe is lyrically sharp on this album. There's some songs that are conceptually really good, like Kiosk and Mrs. Mural that are really good on here. 
He even has a very good trap sound in this song called Autobato, where it's the lead single, where he's kind of rapping as Lou Carrera, his alter ego. Just really, really good production. Really, really good rapping on this. Um, what I've liked a little bit more, cohesiveness in terms of a theme, that, yes, that might have been nice, but this is good. This is the best Lupe sounded in years. It's the tightest project he's delivered in years. It's really good. Standout for me, probably on this album, is Naomi. That's the song I played a lot and went back to. Also, Drill Music and Zion is another good one. The last song on the album, On Phonem, also a really good one. But solid from Lupe. I, I think this should, I hope it shows him and other people who are fans of him, when you stick to just being tight, good production, good things can happen. And this was a really good album by Lupe Fiasco that I still am playing back a lot and is getting a lot of good replay value. For, so for me, at number three, Drill Music and Zion, Lupe Fiasco. Welcome back to making a good project, Lupe. We appreciate you. Thank you, man. Brian, what you got at number two for the best hip-hop albums of 2022? Well, you mentioned an album that's not going to be in my top ten. So I'm going to mention an album that's probably not in your top 10. That is an album that I very much like that I don't think you like as much or even at all. I'm not even sure if you've heard it. But this came out early in the year, which stood the test of time for me um, and was my favorite oh, album. Oh, I know. What, I know. I know what this is. So <laughs> this is uh, a project that's also gotten a lot, like a lot of praise I've noticed in a lot of these type of lists, whatever the case may be. And that is Melt My Eyes, See Your Future by Denzel Curry, which came out earlier this year. Denzel Curry's most complete project, who's become one of my favorite artists in recent years. This came out in March. and I played it more front to back than any other album this year because it came out so early and it could have been my number one, but we, we now know what my number one is going to be. So that's a little bit anticlimactic. Um, no other projects, no other projects stuck with me, stuck with me this long. Mel My Eyes, See Your Future was great. Um, lots of features. I felt like they worked. Um, I just have one skip and it's a second to last song. And it's, I don't think the song is bad or anything. It's not a run across the room type of skip, but it's just a song that's really not for me. You know, it's, it's one of those like super experimental joints where I'm like, yeah, this experiment didn't quite work for me necessarily, but whatever. Lyrically, this is Denzel Curry's sharpest shit, who's done some good things recently, especially with Kenny Beats. They had a couple of EPs to unlock series. And he also had Zoo, which is a solo album that came out a few years ago that I thought was really strong. This is better than both of those. Um, Glasper produced uh, some joints on here, and I thought really did his thing. There's a posse cut on this song, uh, on this album called Ain't No Way, that I don't think people would like on first listen, but it really, really works. It's really a lot better than I would have expected going in. X-Wing is just a beautiful sounding track. Um, San, I think it's probably San Juro, but San Juro. <laughs> if I'm saying it in Spanish, uh, that shit just knocks you the fuck out. I love that song. I played it so much this year. Uh, Cardo and Cal Banks produced that, so salute to them. Uh, standouts, Mel Session number one, which is the first song on the album, which is a candidate for song of the year for me. Really, really good. The best intro to an album this year was probably Mel Session number one for me personally. Uh, worst Comes to Worst, another great song on the album. Ain't No Way, as I mentioned, X-Wing and San Juro. Um, like I said, I only have one skip, and I was very, very impressed when I heard this Denzel Curry joint. Me and Greg Sylvander were talking about this because he didn't get to it right away. And he said a lot of people were telling him about this album, and he felt like he slept on it. And then he went back and listened to it and really, really liked it a lot. So 
Melt My Eyes, See Your Future, Denzel Curry, nearly my album of the year. Not quite in a number two. Yeah, this was one I listened to and it just did not hit me like that. I think I told Brian like that maybe it deserved another listen and I wasn't fair on that. I, I, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was okay. It didn't it didn't really move me in that way. Um, but maybe it deserved another listen for me that I did not give it. High replay um, value too for that album. Like it's just it just has a sound that you could listen to over and over and over again. I think once we get to this, we're gonna know what both of our number ones are um here and it'll be it'll be kind of interesting. But for me at number two, and I put this a much higher than Brian had it, um I it, it's very rare. It's very rare that somebody can drop an album late. And I think it I'm giving it serious consideration for number one. Very rare this happens. And I even thought about right before I decided to say this, would I flip-flop my one and two? And I still, I'm going to preface this by saying I very much think I could be wrong on this. And we can look back a year from now and say that this was the best album this year. But it just has, I haven't sat with it long enough. I just haven't sat with it long enough to give it. But I think I know something when it's really good. And I think this is really good. And that is No Thank You by Little Sims. I think that this album is fantastic. I think this is an album that's hitting me perfectly right now. Brian hit on it before. This is an absolute fuck you to the industry. And it's not yes. just that. It's more about, it's more about really than even that. It's really a fuck you from black people, particularly black women, and how black entertainers and black content creators and producers are looked at with the people that really control the gatekeepers that spirit of generally are white just wanting stuff for them and little Sims having her frustration with that and questioning what her place is among all of that as an artist. And there's this, this, this album gives me a lot of vibes of a little bit of to pimp a butterfly, Kendrick Lamar, where he's questioning where he is in the industry uh, in that realm, but so much tighter and much more personal and you feel the, the pain and the anger and Sims not trusting management and she had a separation with a manager and people having her hand in her pocket. There's just this great self-awareness of this album that is very relatable to me at the time and the place I am personally in my career. Um, and I think for a lot of people that create content in different media industries are going to very much relate to this. And so I like this. I love how she released it. I love that she just said, I'm dropping this out of nowhere. Yes, I had a very successful Mercury Prize winning album last year. And I don't care. We're just dropping this and we're dropping it independently. And I agree with Brian. I think this is her second best project easily behind the gray area. I think it can rival the gray area in time. And you listen to it. It's a very tight listen. It is very good. I was very impressed when I first listened. The more I listened to it more, it is good. Sims is sharp ever lyrically. And I like sometimes I might be an introvert, right? Um, which I actually didn't realize until like a couple weeks ago that the first letters of every word in that actually spells her name, her name for short, Cindy. Never caught that until before, which is pretty interesting. Um, but the, the wrapping on here was tight. The production by Inflow was fantastic. Sims has a lot to say that is packed into this album, and I just love it. I love, love the messages. One thing that is going to get me with albums in terms of greatness and staying power is messages. And this has it. This is something I will continue to come back to. I think it speaks to a lot of the Black experience, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in America. I think it speaks a lot of, to the experience of people of color trying to create things within media 
um, and the gatekeepers and how you really need to protect your freedom. Freedom is the most, that's the thing I think if anybody listens to this album, should take up. Freedom is the most important thing you can have. The ability to create your own content, to do what you want in the way that you want. That is important. It's worth fighting for and it's worth protecting. And I think that's the message Sims is trying to get out here, uh, particularly when, as for us as people of color, that's important for us to do. Fantastic album, fantastic production. I really can sit back and I can say in four or five months and say, yo, I should have put this at number one. Y'all know what's coming at number one, but I probably should have put this at number one. I just don't think I had enough time to sit with it, but I really enjoyed this album. And I think it's, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And um, I haven't been able to stop playing it since I've started listening to it. So we don't go on for too much longer, and we both know each other's album of the year. Is the person yep. who has your album of the year also your artist of the year? No. Oh. No, it's not. It's not, actually. That is interesting. Yes. Um, okay, so we'll get to artist of the year in a second. Yep. Album of the year. <laughs> we, we know where we're both going, so let's just do it. Yep, we know we know where you're going. King's Disease 3, Niles and Hit Boy. Surprise, surprise. I'm trying very much not to be biased as I wear a, a hoodie, the ether hoodie. Um yeah. Yeah. look, I mean, look, this is but this is to me the best album that came out this year and my favorite album that came out this year. So, you know, kill me. Like it is what it is. To me, this is also the best Nas and Hitboy project. I like magic very much. I think in terms of songs, this is a, a hair, a hair above that. Um, I also think Ma Magic is also in a little bit of a different category for me because it's an EP, so it's like hard. I don't like to compare LPs and EPs just in general, so like I'm not even going to try to do that. But from the off, from the beginning, uh, Ghetto Reporter smacks you in the face. It smacks the shit out of you. And Nas <laughs> is better than anybody ever at just introducing an album. He just is. Stillmatic intro is one we reference a lot. The genesis into New York State of Mind, the message, yeah, the message. Uh, you know, and I Queens am get the money. Queens, Queens, Queens get, the money. get the money, and I am. He plays his greatest hits after two albums. Who does that? You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. And then, and uh, life is good. No introduction. No introduction. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, he's, like, he's, he's he's been great on it. And even on the King's Disease series, like, it's just he's the best at it. Right. The first five songs of this album, the stretch is incredible. It's just, it's just, it's incredible. Um, no real skips for me on this project. Like you mentioned, Hood to Hood, is it something I'm going back to a lot? Probably not. But I play the album when I go to play this album. I generally play it straight through. I don't skip anything. Um, I think this is uh, this blends the first two KDs beautifully, which I felt like you know I felt like this was the appropriate third. Like I don't, I kind of hope that if they do another project, it's not King's Disease Four. Uh, unless they feel like they could one-up this and take this series to the next level. I'd be interested to see if that's the case. I was very nervous about uh, WTF SMH, but God, did that song deliver. <laughs> it was way better than I thought the title was going to suggest because I was kind of nervous when I saw that. Um, Until My Last Breath is the best bonus track that I've heard on any album this year. Um, the standouts, Till My Last Breath, Beef, Ghetto Reporter, Legit, Done. No skips. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's a, it's a dope album. There's no there's no doubt about that. I didn't have it quite as high. No, Brian was probably shocked at how low I had it. I probably even shocked myself um, 
having it at five, but I just think it Sims kind of messed it up. Sims Sims messed things up. You messed things up, little Sims. You messed it up. You know, like it it, it was it was tough for me to it was really tough for me to to, to leave that out. Um, it was really yeah, it was it was just tough. It was a tough one for me. Uh, so at this point, you know, Brian had this album as low as number eight. This Friday, I told you I was gonna be the most variance you'd ever seen from us, and it did deliver. And for me, number one, I, I had to go with Kendrick, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. Okay, everybody knows I'm a K Dot fan. Um, I will say this: I, I'm gonna address what Brian said because I do think Brian's points are valid here. As I said before, I do. The reason I think this is number one, I thought this had the best song making out of any album. The highs are really, really, really good on this album. When you're talking about Mother I Sober, a great song. You're talking about Mr. Morale, fantastic song. Father Time, amazing song. Savior, Rich Spirit, you know, um, Count Me Out. It's a song that I absolutely love. There are songs that are really good. Excuse me. I love what Kendrick did in really opening himself vulnerably, talking about his therapy. I think it was very important. Things that we, particularly in the Black community, sweeping under the rug. I think this is a very important album. I think this is one of these albums where, while I agree for certain songs because of the subject matter, the density of it, it is going to be hard for people to replay. I get all that. It doesn't, and I'm, Brian wasn't saying this, so I'm defending Brian on this. Brian was clear about this. It doesn't mean the songs aren't great. The songs, songs can be great, and it can be hard to listen to. Like I think "We Cry Together" is great, but I don't ever care to listen to that again. Dance I don't by have Nas a, also, by the way. Dance by Nas yeah. is another one of these. That's, that's a that's a good that's a good yeah. one to bring to. But but it's funny, and I did listen to that song, uh, and I've talked about this on podcasts before. The day my mom passed away. Um, so sometimes there are there is time for music that is heavy to go back to. It's interesting at times you can go back to it. And I think that this album, I think one thing I recognize about it, I remember we had Greg Sylvander on here, is I think it's an important hip-hop album. And I think that's the thing Kendrick has done. I think he's created very important hip-hop albums. You're going to look back into the vulnerability of him here, talking about therapy, therapy openly. This was a therapeutic album for him. And there's a way artistically I really, really like this album. I like this album much more than Damn. Um, and I think I understand why the masses like Damn more because a lot was more stripped down. And, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear the therapy. But, like, I'm fine with seeing an artist open himself up in different ways. And I think Kendrick's rapping and song making was still very much at a high level. I would have liked this album to be a little bit tighter. And, this, and that's probably the reason why I really, really, really considered putting Sims over Kendrick here. But ultimately, I went with Kendrick. I think I just sat with it longer. And I think I, I have this, not that I have it over anybody else, but I think I just understand what this album, I think, means. I think this is one of these albums, when people look back in hip-hop, and they're going to say, yo, it was really important. We kind of didn't understand how important it was at the time, but I think it's really important. And I'm, I think you're gonna, it's going to get us due when we see what other artists, hip-hop artists down the road, take from this vulnerability and do and do with that, and I think in this era of rap that we've had is something I've, I've spoken about before, and I think a lot of heads even older than me don't give this generation of rapper rappers enough of their credit. Is we've had a lot of black men open up and be more vulnerable with the music, which I think has been a good thing. I think it's been a good thing for rap going forward. I think it's been a good thing for society going forward. Everything doesn't have to be I'm thugging it out and all this stuff. There's a way you can be vulnerable and honest and talk about issues. And I think Kendrick does that. 
here in a very digestible way, although some might have been a bit too heavy, <laughs> like we cry together. I do think there's there's some really good things that he did on this album. And I'm intrigued to see where he goes uh, as an artist next, as I always am with everybody. But for me, it's hard for me to not give him the album of the year because I think he had some of the best songs of the year. I keep going to, go, going back to, to, I think there's an argument that Little Sims had the better, tighter project. But I would probably say Kendrick delivered some of the best songs of the year that I keep going back to. And for that, I had to give him the number one spot um, with album of the year. Um, so with that said, uh, that is going to take us to what Brian and I say. We did this a little differently this year, and we'll do this before we wrap here. Um, we're going to talk about hip hop artist of the year. Um, and I'm glad we did it this way because we didn't want to kill you know, you from knowing what our albums were. But my, I will tell you, Brian, my hip hop artist of the year is not Kendrick Lamar. <clears throat> um, so, Brian, what is what, who is your hip hop artist of the year? I don't want to give it to Nas. Just because he has the best album on my list. I really honestly want to give this to Bad Bunny. I'm not even joking. I know it's not technically hip-hop, but there are, like, reasons for that, right? I actually want to do that because uh, Denzel Curry, I don't, I don't, no disrespect, because I just love, love his album, but, like, Artist of the Year feels like a stretch. Black Thought, you know what I mean? And then I go down the list and I feel like, to me, it, I just want to give this award a bad point. And the reason is really this. With the album, he's also been able to go into this socially conscious portion of his career where in Puerto Rico, I don't know how many people know about Luma Energy and all the shit that's going on over there. But they had a music video for this song called El Apagón which is called, which translates to the blackout and Luma is this organization that is responsible for the energy, you know, lights in Puerto Rico, whatever the case may be, power, power is probably a better way of putting it. And the power on the Island has been very inconsistent to say the least. There's blackouts and power shortages in a lot of different places. And Luma is responsible for that. And they're corrupted and there's government involved in all this shit. And he's used the album, used his platform in a way to speak out against that. And do, he's done it at concerts. He's done it at songs. He's done it with El Apagón, making a music video, which is really like a short documentary. He's joined Luma Energy protests. Um, even one in New York, I believe. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he does a lot of those things. And I feel like it's transcending whatever genre he belongs to and for me that's what an artist should do when they get to that level not just act in a bunch of shit which apparently i did see that he is in bullet train um which i saw a little bit on somebody's screen when i was flying back to new york the other day apparently he, he is on bullet movie. he is on bullet train and i watched that movie a couple of weeks ago which is very funny and i think you would like it so you should check that out really it looked a little yep. silly but like uh, you know, I why think not? You, but it, is it more silly than the cocaine bear movie you sent me to, sent me the other day? It's not oh, more I'm, silly than that. Okay, fair yeah. enough. But I'm all in on the cocaine bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, if you're man. all in on that, you will like <laughs> bullet train. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I've said look, and, and Brian Tyree Henry, uh Tyree Henry is in there, so why not? But yeah, like he yeah, he's I feel like what he's done, not just with the album, 
but what he's done for Puerto Ricans as an artist, worthy of artist of the year, whatever category this is. So I'm going to bend the rules a little bit here for a good cause. So bad buddy. There's my right. answer. Wait, wait, that's that. I, I get it. I, I think, I think in the, in the spirit of you saying that, it's probably some of the reason I'm going my hip hop artist of the year is, is not is not Kendrick who had the album of the year. It's not even Nas who I think had a great year with his with his album. But it's it's Little Sims, and a lot of it is because of the reasons of the stuff I mentioned before. A lot of it is because of the rage against the machine, standing up against the system, really using our artistry. If you haven't checked out her album, also check out the videos that she put out with her album. The little short film that she put out with the album is really good, and the imagery works to that. I like when people speak out against. The oppressive systems, especially as a person of color. I like when people speak out against that. I like when people highlight the inequalities, the spaces that certain systems have been designed to try to keep us in and not speak out and just be happy because we're getting money in a certain space. And I like when somebody recognizes that and says no. And I think as to Brian, what he said about Bad Bunny, I think it's important for artists to use their voice sometimes for causes that are bigger. And I think that's what Little Sims did here. And that to me is also why she's artist of the year. Yes, she just put an album a couple out a couple weeks ago, but she's the artist of the year because I think she really had something to say and she said it and she delivered that message. The same way Bad Bunny is saying something that he has to say for his people back home that need the energy in Puerto, in Puerto Rico and aren't getting so and aren't getting the support they need. So, yeah, salute to Lil Sam, salute to Bad Bunny, <clears throat> artist of the year for sure. Um, for me, it was it, it was really that. It was really about the artistry. When I thought about, yeah, Kendrick did a lot of artistry, I think, with what he did, but I think Little Sim's message really hit home for me a lot, and uh, I like the message she had there, um, too. Real quick on the albums of the year, I just want to give some honorable mentions. People notice I did not have Freddie Gibbs in my top 10 at all whatsoever. Um, yeah, I, all, I, did not, I did not have Freddie Gibbs in there. Um, I thought he had a good album, did not like it as much as Bandana or Alfredo. Um, there are some jams on there, but I, it was right outside. It's not like it was far outside. It was right outside. Another album right outside that was in the top 10 that could have been there earlier. And I know Brian, I knew Brian was not going to have it in there either. Um, it's almost dry pushing yep. me. Um, <laughs> I knew that was the one. I knew that was the one you were talking about I, before we started. <laughs> I, I, look, I like that album. I did not like it as much as other people. Uh, shout out to my home. Shout out to my homie Yvette. I spoken with her a couple months ago. She said that was her album of the year. She loved. She loved her some Pusha T though. Uh, shout out to the homie Yvette. Uh, but no, I, I think that album for me, in terms of replay value, there were certain songs, but it just didn't have it as a consistent project. It's a good project. I'm not sure it's better than the ones I had anywhere from eight to ten that I would go back to play that much. Call my bluff though by Pusha T was one of my favorite songs of the year. I will say that. Um, also shout out to, uh, from a bird's eye view, Corday, another solid album as well too, that I thought deserved an honorable mention there. Um, I don't really have anything else in terms of honorable mentions that jump off the top for me right now. Those were three I thought deserved some honorable mentions. Um, you know, neither of us mentioned the Griselda project this year. Um, I thought this was a bit of a down year for Griselda. I'd probably say Tana Talk 4 was the best of the projects uh, that they that released, but yeah, not really a, a, a good project. I'm going back to heavily outside of Johnny Peace Caddy and Tyson versus Ali on there, but go ahead. 
Conway, uh, God, they'll make mistakes. I'll probably say this. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was okay too. Um, yeah. okay, so just misses for me. Pusha T would be the main one. Uh, Stormzy released an album that I like, but I wouldn't consider it a hip hop album. Saba was very close for me, also. Had to duke it out with JID for that last spot along with Pusha T. Absol was also a, a last minute cut. Um, and I, I did just mention, um, Conway's album. If I had a top 15, I guess those would be the next five. Corday, Corday actually would be in there from a bird's eye view. Uh, that came out so early in the year, like I kind of forgot about it during the process. And then when yeah. I got to my top yeah. 10, I was like, yeah, I can't really find a spot for it. There are also a bunch of other albums that are like that, like people love, and I could just, I just want to say, like, no. Um, <laughs> her loss, get the fuck out of here. Uh, the I Never Liked You joint by Future. I know a lot of people love that. I saw that that was Kevin Durant's album of the year. We can stop with that. Uh, it's Only Me by Lil Baby. Come on. Honestly, Never Mind by Drake. The Metro Boomin joint, everybody's going crazy about heroes and villains. That's, some jo- that's got some joints on there. You know, like, yeah, that's, but like, I mean, it, 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 uh, look, and I'm not even going to do Like, let me get on some of the underground homies. Some of my underground friends that like been telling me about some albums this year. I know y'all love Rock Marciano. I get it. I understand. I know y'all love Rock Marciano, uh, the Elephant Man's Bones. But like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just at that age now where underground hip hop, like, it needs to be a certain way for me. It just can't be like it can't. It can't be the shit I was listening to in 2003. No offense. So it shouldn't I, be. You know, like with Rock Marciano, like I think I think he's he's solid, but like it's just never been my type of underground hip hop. I love underground hip hop, not for me. Billy Woods, some of the same stuff. Um, and uh, other than that, I I also wanted to give a shout out to somebody else. I'm trying to was it Brock Hampton? I don't even remember who was what it was the other album that I kind of liked that I couldn't really find a spot for it, but. It is what it is. That that's that's where we are. Um, there's this our album of the year list to reiterate my top ten. JID was ten, Vince Staples nine, Kendrick eight, Freddie Gibbs seven, Joey Badass six, Lil Sims five, Lil Carner four, Black Thought Danger Mouse three, Denzel Curry two, Nas one, Artist of the Year Bad Bunny, who also had my non hip hop album of the year and my non hip hop song of the year, Después de la Playa. Yeah, for me, uh, 10, Few Good Things, Saba, 9, No Fear, Time, Black Star. 8 was a tie between Herbert, Absol, Ramona Broke My Heart, Vince Staples. 7, Forever Story, J.I.D. 6, another tie, 2000, Joey Badass, Hugo, Laurel Carner. 5, Kings of East 3 from Nas. 4, Cheat Codes, Black Thought, Danger Mouse. 3, Drill Music and Zion, Lupe Fiasco. 2, No Thank You, Little Sims. And number 1, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar, Artist of the Year, Little Sims. That is it for this edition of the. I, re- I remember podcast. one more thing. I remember one more thing. I remember the other album that people were telling me, like, yo, you gotta hear. This is another one of these dudes. Like, people have been telling me he's been dope for like 10, 12 years. Just not for me. Real sweatshirt. I understand. I get it. Totally understand it. The album is 24 minutes long, and there are approximately one, two, three, four, five, six songs that are less than two minutes, and it's a 10 song album. You can have it. I'm good. Yeah, not a fan of, not a big fan of Earl Sweatshirt. Um, that is it for this ep- last episode of the year, 2022 AOTL podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Let us know if you agree with all the rankings that we had or you disagree. 
Follow us on all social media platforms at AHDT Podcast. Also, give this a like, hit the subscribe button on Backpack Broadcasting or wherever you listen to on digital streaming platforms. He's Brian Fonseca. I'm Dexter Henry. We will see y'all in 2023. Stay blessed, stay safe. Happy New Year. And until next time, y'all. Peace.